Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. It's National Rose Day, Tony. You like roses? Tony Kornheiser, sure I do. Derek, Pete, Axel, Jalen, Justin, Amber, the old woman from Titanic. You remember her at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, actually. I do. I know more about Titanic than I know about Axel. I know all about Derrick Rose. You know, I love Derrick Rose still. I know you do. Still in the league. And we both know all about Pete. Still in the league. One of us covered Pete when he was chasing DiMaggio. That's a long time ago. He's 44. (laughs) Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Kadarius Tony is practicing. North Carolina falls to Clemson. And Booger McFarlane joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with the Phoenix Suns beating Milwaukee last night in Phoenix. The Bucs played without Damian Lillard and Brooke Lopez. They lost Chris Middleton to a sprained ankle in the first quarter. Doc Rivers is now 1-4 and four as Milwaukee's coach, but Giannis Antetokounmpo says he feels the Bucs are making progress. Wilbon, you were at the game. Do you? Yeah. Yes. Yes, Tony, because defensively, they were able to hold Phoenix a little bit, even without their two best defensive players, one would argue, and, and I would argue that. Um, they, you know, they wind up, and I'm talking about Middleton, who gets hurt in that game. Um, yeah, they're getting better, Tony. They held Phoenix about, what, three or four points lower than the Suns normally score. The Suns didn't have a prolific night, but maybe that was because of Milwaukee's defense. Tony, the, the players yeah. on that team admit quietly, they, they're not going to say it publicly, that the reason they had to make that coaching change from Adrian Griffin being fired to Doc Rivers is that defensively they were a mess. Tony, they were broken. And so to build it back up, yeah, one and four is not totally unexpected. But their mood is really good. I know because I was able to talk to guys before the game, and, and their, their mood is really good about what they're doing, what they are learning, the direction they're going defensively, and they know that to be a threat to Boston um, and maybe even the Knicks in the Eastern Conference playoffs, defensively they had to remake the team. They were broken. They're doing right. that. There's a process, right. and it doesn't yield a lot of wins early. Yeah, so, I mean, I've used this analogy before. I will use it again. When James Harden went to the Clippers, they lost about five or six in a row because it's hard to integrate James Harden with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Right now, they're the hottest team in the NBA. Have these numbers. You'll love them. They've only lost five games since December 2nd. They're 26-5 and in that period of time. Now, I think that this is what's going to happen with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that after the All-Star break, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be a growth stock. Firing a coach early or middle of the season is a traumatizing event for a team. And bringing in a guy whose voice you've never heard. They don't know Doc Rivers. He never coached them. So it takes some time for them to hear and understand Doc Rivers' voice. It takes some time for Doc to appreciate who he can count on and who he can count on. To me, Mike, that learning curve is about two to three weeks or eight to ten games. So I don't panic at one and four. I don't. Tony, I agree completely with you. And the optimism that I sensed in talking to the Bucs players I did, was it was noticeable. Like when I walked out of the room, I was like, wow, they, they really believe. Now, you know, things have to happen, but they believe in what's right. going on there. By the way, the Suns are in a similar situation, Tony. I think they're now 16 and 6 since being 13 and 12. The Suns and the Bucks are late bloomers in this season, necessarily, it seems. We'll see where it goes. We're going to move to pro football in Super Bowl week now and a decision Andy Reid faces in Las Vegas. Receiver Kadarius Toney has had a season full of drops and miscues and hasn't played since week 15. Officially, 
They say it's because he's been injured. But Tony has been practicing this week. He played a significant role late in last year's Super Bowl win with a touchdown catch and a long punt return. So, should Andy Reid take the risk and play Tony? Tony? Yeah, so he's missed the last six games, reportedly with injury, but I think I read that he may have gone on social media and said he wasn't really injured. I don't know the truth of that. They're 5-1 and one in those games, Mike, and two of them are road playoff games. So it doesn't appear that they have needed him. Patrick Mahomes has been great without him. He has a history this year of dropping passes. He had that one really bad penalty that negated a touchdown against Buffalo. So again, I mean, it looks like if you don't want to play him, you don't have to play him. I mean, Andy Reid has been asked about that. Is Andy Reid going to play him? Andy Reid's exact quote, if I have this right, is, quote, we'll see how it goes. That doesn't sound like we're thrilled to have Tony back. That doesn't sound like <laughs> watch us now when he gets on the field. It doesn't sound anything like that. I think you have to trust Andy Reid in this, Mike. And I think if I was Andy Reid, I would go to Patrick Mahomes privately and I would say, do you want this guy back on the field? And I would take my cue from the way Patrick Mahomes answered me. Among other things, Tony, I agree with that. Look, you and I have known a lot of coaches and some great ones. I'm going to narrow this down. You've been close to one of the great coaches of all time in all sports, Larry Brown. And you know from your relationship with Larry, there's days he would tell you, I'm going to play a hunch. I'm going to play this guy. And you say, Larry, you haven't played him in two weeks. Why are you going to play him now? Because, you know, a practice and a hunch and the guys on the bench. And yeah, yeah. Just what? Great coaching includes instinctive decision-making. Andy Reid could wake up and say, I'm not touching this guy. He's radioactive. Or, you know what? I think Tony's right. going to give right. us three or I'm four big plays today. And that's why you trust Andy Reid, who will gather intel because great coaches do. They listen. And not that's just right. in a State Farm that's commercial right. in their office. Andy Reid will gather that's intel right. from his senior people and will make a decision. And I would be comfortable with that. Yeah, me too. I just don't notice any clamor. You know, I don't hear people beating the drum right. saying we got to have this because they're five and one since he hasn't played. We move now to college basketball where last night, number three, North Carolina was upset at home by Clemson. Clemson is now two and 60 all time in Chapel Hill and South Carolina won its 20th game of the season for the first time in seven years. They are ranked for the first time in seven years. South Carolina ranked number 15. Wilbon, which is more significant? North Carolina's loss or South Carolina's win? Tony, I, you look, in, in, this, in the, the landscape and uh, the culture of college basketball on the men's side now, I don't know that anything is significant until we get to, like, bubble week, and we're not there yet, and Carolina's not going to be on that bubble. Clemson probably is. Um, Clemson's had some real close games and a couple of tough losses. I, a few of the men's games I've watched included Clemson. So I'm going to say Carolina losing, although, Tony – those emotional battles with Duke. It's not the first time that Duke and North Carolina have had these battles, and they both are limping around for a couple of games afterward. So I'm not going to sit here and say it's shocking, because it isn't. But Carolina losing at home, and they've been really good in their ranking of being, you know, in the top five, whatever it is now, two or three, I guess it's three. I'm going to say Carolina, but none of this to me is like deal-making, deal-breaking, none of it. yeah. So I'm going to be brief on North Carolina because you and I disagree. I think that has no significance whatsoever. 
Um, okay. Ranked teams have lost to unranked teams all year, most of the yeah. time on the road, but sometimes at home. And to your point, they just beat Duke. That is a big deal. They understandably yep. had a letdown. This is something Hubert Davis has to talk about. It is not insurmountable. The larger story is South Carolina, which has been irrelevant for years in basketball, is ranked and, and has 20 wins. They beat Tennessee at Tennessee when Tennessee was number five. It's a good they win. They beat Kentucky when Kentucky was number six. They, they've been seven years ago. They went to the tournament, had a very good run under Frank Martin, I believe. But that's the only time, Mike, in like the last 18 years that they've been in the tournament. They have been irrelevant. So if they're pretty good, I, I sort of think that has more significance than North Carolina just football school, dropping a game that you'd understand. School yeah, yeah. on the men's side, not yeah. on Dawn's side, but on, on the men's side, football school. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. eh, South Carolina, eh. Let's take a break. Coming up, Niners defenders say they need to give better effort than they showed against the Lions. We're going to ask Booger McFarland what he sees on the tape. We'll also ask him what Steve Spags of the Chiefs does differently than other defensive coordinators. In Spags, Let me tell you this, the new coach in South Carolina, new coach in South Carolina, Lamont Paris, went 27-8 yeah. at UT Chattanooga. His top three scores are the Must transfer be portal because that's college basketball now. Well, transfer that's it. portal. Everybody that's comes from the portal. People in your house at dinner have come in from the portal. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action, live and in person, with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. To lend us some Super Bowl insight, let's bring in a man who won two of them, our great friend Booger McFarlane, who today is wearing a shirt from his local club in Tampa, Avala. And we'll start with this, Booger. 49ers defenders say that after watching the tape of themselves in the Lions game, they need to give better effort. How did their effort look to you? Exactly how it looked to them, Tony. It was terrible. I mean, there's a play where Jameer Gibbs is running in for a touchdown and Chase Young is jogging to the play and he almost stopped and started walking. I mean, this is inexcusable. When you're in the NFC Championship game, one game from the Super Bowl, and we got to coach up effort. I know those meeting rooms were probably very feisty this week. Defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes probably had a tongue lashing for his defense because we can coach a lot of things in the National Football League. We can coach X's and O's. We can coach stand, start. But the one thing, 
The one thing you shouldn't have to coach from professional guys, especially on this level in this point in the postseason, is effort. The 49ers' effort has to get better. And quite frankly, guys, it was embarrassing. Wow. Well, let's stay with defense. We'll talk about the other team's defense for a second, Booger. Steve Smagnuolo gets a lot of credit for his improving the Chiefs' defense. What are some of the things that he does differently, if at all, to you to get that improvement out of that unit? He's a selfless coordinator, Mike, and it's not all about him. You get some of these defensive coordinators, it's about their scheme. You think about your, your old Chicago Bears, Buddy Ryan in the 46, it was about the scheme. Well, with Steve Spagnuolo, it's about the players. I'm going to put the players in position to do what they do best, and we're going to be multiple. We're going to change each and every week. We're going to be able to morph into whatever we need to play that week to be successful. And so I think he's one of the selfless uh, defensive coordinators in the National Football League. He doesn't care if he gets the credit. And because of that, you see the players wearing the shirts in spags we trust because they know that he's going to put them in a position to be successful, whether that's Chris Jones going from tackle to end, whether that's taking Legereus Sneed and playing him from outside to inside or back inside or blitzing him or whatever he's going to do. Steve Spagnuolo just does an outstanding job of making sure he thinks players first and less about scheme. Now, Mike, there's nothing wrong with the old 46 from the Chicago Bears. It was a great defense. I don't know if it could play in today's age and time, though. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, because we would have all our guys disqualified like three snaps into the game. I'm not sure Fensick and Hampton and Dent could get in the game long. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's look at something, Booger, that Tony and I are really entertained by all week. And it's Nick Bosa saying of the Chiefs' offensive line, they hold a lot. We asked Jeff Saturday about that yesterday. And, of course, he gave us the offensive lineman's take on they hold a lot and said, well, yeah, but they hold a lot too on the defensive side. Let's hear a defensive lineman's take on that. What do you think of what Bosa said and sort of the back and forth of offensive line, defensive line? Well, first of all, they're lesser athletes than we are. We're the better athletes. We're better looking. We get all the girls, all yada, yada, yada. So those guys are looked at. They're 6'5", 320 pounds. They're a little out of shape, a little overweight. So they have to do something to stop us from getting to their running back and their quarterback. Truth be told, guys, you could call holding every play in the National Football League because you're trying to stop tremendous athletes from going upfield, taking off, and they just put their helmet in these offensive linemen's chests and they're just bull rushing them over and over and over. So I don't envy being an offensive lineman. I was one in high school. At that point, I knew I would never be one going forward because I wanted to be the guy <laughs> that was the hunter and not the guy that was the hunted. So, yeah. The offensive linemen hold, but the referees, I know they get a lot of flack. They've been doing a pretty good job of calling what I would call over the top, the holding penalties that are going to distract you or, or prevent you from making a play. But, yeah, those guys aren't good athletes. It's kind of like it would be like you and Tony trying to block me. The only way y'all could block me was one <laughs> guy hold the left leg and the other guy hold the right leg. They call a penalty every play. That's great. We could not block you. There's not a chance in the world that no we could chance. block you ever. Um, let's get you out of here on this. We are now four days out. Which way are you leaning in this particular game? You know, I, I'm always one to, to pick with my head, and I look at the analytics, but I'm going to throw that out of the way. 
I'm picking with my heart this time. John Lynch is a former teammate of mine. He and Kyle Shanahan, I've known him for years. Kyle, I used to sit on the floor in the back of our meeting room in Tampa when he was 21, 22 years old. He used to sit on the floor, guys, with his notebook, taking notes, trying to figure out how to call plays. You fast forward, here we are 20-some years later. I just want those guys to go out and finally feel what it's like to get that ring. Now, it's going to be a tall task to beat number 15. I think from an analytical standpoint, whichever defensive line can, can kind of put their will and imprint their will on this game, whether it's Chris Jones and, 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 and the Kansas City Chiefs, or is it going to be Bosa and the 49ers, it's going to go a long way toward winning this game. But if you ask me to pick today, I'm going with the 49ers. I'm going to side with my old teammate and the little kid that used to sit on the floor in the back of our meeting rooms, Kyle <laughs> Callahan. It's a great story. Thank you so Great much, story. Booger. It's, we're grateful for your presence every single week. Absolutely, Thank Booger. You. Thank you very much. And a 46 defense would terrorize the game today. You know that. <laughs> Enjoy it, guys. Let's take one last break. Still to come, Tiger Woods announces when he'll play next. And the Clippers are suddenly on top of the Western Conference in the NBA. But will they stay there? The 46 defense, which most people think only has 10 people in it because it's called the 46, and they don't realize what it's named for, would not terrorize anybody because there'd be flags on every play because they rough people all the time. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Happy time, people. Happy 74th birthday, Burt Hooten. The knuckle curveballer pitched 15 years in the bigs. The Dodgers, the Cubs, Texas Rangers. Hooten's most productive years were with the Dodgers from 1975 to 1984. Over the course of his time with the Dodgers, Hooten got a chance to pitch alongside Don Sutton, Oral Hershiser, Fernando Valenzuela. In 1978, Hooten finished second to Gaylord Perry for the Cy Young after going 19 and 10 with a 2.71 ERA. His one All-Star game came in 1981. That's the year the Dodgers won the World Series over the Yankees. Putin was the NLCS MVP following no runs in 14 and two-thirds innings. In 33 postseason innings that year, Putin allowed just three earned. He went four and one and he won the clinching game in the World Series. Lifetime Putin was 151 and 136 with a 338 ERA. All those Dodgers pitchers were great, Tony, but they weren't as great as Ferguson Jenkins. None of them. 
who he pitched with, who he pitched with early in his career. In 1972, he had that no-hitter. On the second day of the season, like April 16, something like that, I was a kid, and I watched it. Every pitch was on a Sunday in Chicago and Wrigley. And Bert Hooten always stands really? out to me for that reason, giving me a no-hitter as a little kid. Pitched with, once again, Ferguson Arthur Jenkins. Happy anniversary, Bruce Morris. On this day 39 years ago, the Marshall Guard gathered a block shot to the left side of his basket and heaved it towards the other basket, just ahead of the first half buzzer. It went in and was officially recognized as the longest shot ever made, measured at 89 feet 10 inches. College basketball adopted the three-point shot in 1986, so Morris's shot will always stand as the longest too. Marshall being the thundering herd calls this the shot herd around the world, H-E-R-D, herd. Marshall won this game over Appalachian State, 92-83, and to honor the shot, Marshall put Morris's footprints on the court. Pretty cool. Tony, have you ever been to Marshall for either a football or basketball game? Because it's not a far drive I have from not. us in D.C. I have not. What is it, three and a half hours, something like that, maybe? I've been. It's fascinating. Very cool place to be. I missed Randy Moss. I should have gone. Happy trails to the Oilers' 16-game heater. I believe we had this, Mike. We said we yesterday did. we thought Edmonton would have a real tough time tying the NHL's longest winning streak ever at 17 by beating Vegas in Vegas. We thought the nine-day layoff would cancel Edmonton's momentum. Indeed, Vegas won 3-1, to one, its final goal on an empty netter. The game was tied 1-1 through two periods, then Chandler Stevenson got the go-ahead Vegas goal early in the third. Vegas goalie Aiden Hill stopped 30 shots, including a key one against Leon Dreisaitl late in the third. It felt like a playoff game, Hill said. Vegas improved its home record to 19-5-2 this season. That's the second most home wins in the entire league. Second most, Tony, and all the home ice advantages seem to be in the West. The great advantages where Colorado has the best home record or at least the greatest number of wins. And Vancouver's way up there, too. Well, I mean, that's a long way from I-95. What's the excuse for you? all your teams along I-95, all those New York, Philly, Washington? Well, what's up? I don't, I mean, I don't know that it has anything to do with I-95. I know this, that what our, our, we both said, it looked like you came to a full stop with a nine-day yeah. layoff. And if you Cut came to mode. a full stop and you're going into a tough arena against a tough team, you bet on the home team, right? Yeah, you bet on the home absolutely. team. That no in big mo going into there. That's right. No, in any sport. So and that's what we did. Why are you so obsessed with I-95? What is I this inferiority like, like you have you know, about I-95? Like annoying. Let's go to the big finish. Tiger Let's Woods says he'll be a playing host at next week's Genesis Invitational. Are you excited? If you're around golf and you can see Tiger Woods, if he's just walking around saying hi to people, yes, I am excited. Jose Altuve agreed to a five-year extension with the Strohs. Is that significant? Yeah, he's going to spend his whole career there, and he's a Hall of Famer. Regardless of Houston's cheating, he's a Hall of Famer. Andy Reid said Eric Bieniemy talked to the Chiefs' offense prior to the AFC Championship game. What does that mean? It means Bieniemy's out of work, which is really unthinkable. What the hell? It should be an investigation. Maybe you and I should do that. Put on our journalist hats like we used to be. NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. Are you expecting anything big? I'm not, but you probably are. Last one, the Clippers no, go for their I'm fifth not. win in a row tonight. Do you like their chances? I do. They're hosting the Pelicans. The Pelicans can beat anybody, but they're strangely up and down. 
Four-way tie at the top of the West. I'm going to take the Clips tonight to win against New Orleans. We're out of time. We'll try and be better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. I'd like to annoy you. Taking jabs at I-95. What about if LeBron was traded? Would that be big? He's not getting traded.